G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. Now it's my privilege to welcome onto the airwaves this morning Dan Flynn, the Deputy Director of the Australian Christian Lobby from Freezing Canberra. How are you today, mate? Oh, terrific, terrific, Matt. Good to be with you. Uh, the Gold Coast does sound amazing, but, you know, we're struggling through Canberra winter. Um, <laughs> but, look, we're loving it. No complaints. Oh, good on you, mate. Thank you so much for joining us. Now, uh, before we get into uh, some of the hot topics, uh, a good friend of mine recently went to uh, the Australian Christian Lobby uh, training program called Download, and she said it changed her life. So I just want to say well done on inspiring the next generation. For those who don't know about Download, tell us all about it. Look, it's a a worldview uh, week for young Australians between the age of 18 to 25, and uh, it's a you know wonderful course for people who really want to go deep and develop worldview. Um, Martin Niles, Steve Shavura, um, you know the list goes on. There's some fantastic faculty there. Uh, so it's a it's the Lachlan Macquarie Institute. It's ACL uh, working together, and you know I think in this uh, midwinter one uh, there was something like 120 people there. The next one is 23rd to the 29th of January. Uh, yes, if you know young people who are wanting to um, develop some courage, uh, develop some strength in their worldview, this is a place for them. So applications are open now and uh, we've got uh, staff uh, in place uh, ready to take people's calls uh, on this. So, yeah, it's, it's one of the best things that we do, no doubt. Wonderful. Well, this this young girl, uh, Molly, her name is, she said it really changed her life. And I reckon she'll be Prime Minister one day now after going to that. So <laughs> watch this space. And I'm hoping to send my kids there one day. I'd, I'd love for them to go along to something like that and, uh, you know, sit uh, with people like Martin. And, and, you know, she said Martin Isles sat with them at lunch and talked with them and spent time with them. He, he wasn't just, you know, the big keynote speaker who flew in and flew out. You know, he's a good guy, that Martin, hey? <laughs> <laughs> so true, so true. It's good. Now, mate, uh, I think I might have seen some photos of you recently uh, at the uh, the Manly <laughs> Seven uh, football game recently. Was that you there holding up some signs? Well, that's very mischievous of you, Matt. <laughs> the reality was that um, there were there were mainly Tongan people who were holding up the signs. Okay, uh, there were there were about probably forty. Uh, this was organised by ACL, uh, but there was such a substantial contribution by the Tongan community, mm. the Tongan Christian community who were supporting their, their Tongan and their Islander rugby players or league players. And uh, they did such a good job at the Manly Seven. And uh, while it was a, uh, a scary thing for many of them to open up their signs saying, you know, uh, support the Manly Seven, respect the faith at the Manly Seven, hashtag inclusion, um, you know, uh, we stand with the Manly Seven, hashtag diversity, uh, these signs, there were large ones, A2, uh, that were taken into the grounds and opened up. Um, remarkably, the crowd, were there was no resistance from the crowd. Um, I think many um, Manly, uh, you know, Manly Warringal Sea Eagles people were very supportive of the Manly Seven and their stand for um, not wanting to wear a religious symbol um, as part of their jersey. And they're like, no, that is not according to our faith. We won't wear the jersey. 
So what we saw there was tremendous courage by those players and uh, certainly the Australian Daily Telegraph, uh, the Saturday paper, all ran images of these uh, these signs that were being held up largely by the Tongan community and who could argue with the Tongans uh, defending other Tongan and Islander players. It was a great spectacle to behold and I do know that it strengthened these players. They were greatly heartened by it and it was, uh, they were very aware of it. Yeah, well, I, I applaud those uh, Tongan players and those uh, Tongan supporters, you know, because it's a bit like Daniel in the Lions Den, uh, you know, going into a football game and, and you're not sure how uh, people are going to react, but it's good to see that they got a, uh, a positive reaction there. And yeah, I, I remember doing the indeed. same thing when, when Israel Folau played here in Brisbane. I remember going along with a, a bunch of, uh, there, were, there was a lot of Islanders as well, actually, and we held up some yeah. signs there saying, I stand with Izzy. And uh, yeah. interesting to see that Israel Folau also went and saw Martin Isles preaching at uh, the Sunny Coast uh, a couple of weeks ago as well. Uh, he's still uh, supporting uh, Martin in his, uh, in his speaking engagements, eh? Hey? Oh, absolutely. And, you know, Israel's is just such a champion. And, uh, it was lovely that uh, Martin and Israel could catch up in an environment where, you know, it was sort of a non-controversial setting, as it were, and just catch up as friends. So, um, uh, yeah, we... We uh, honour that man who, you know, obviously spoke out about, you know, uh, God's love and God's judgment and uh, wasn't well received at the time. But, um, uh, you know, the word of God, you know, stands forever. So good on Israel. Mm, Absolutely. Well, certainly a a big news story uh, over the last couple of weeks. Now, uh, turning our attention to uh, Victoria, uh, Fiona Patton is introducing a bill that would force Victorian doctors and faith-based hospitals to provide abortions and euthanasia. What's the latest on that? Uh, well, Fiona Patton, you know, she's she's probably the most powerful person in Victorian politics, sad to say, because she works hand-in-hand with Daniel Andrews. Uh, it's um, they, they require Fiona Patton's vote to get their bills through the upper house. So she, you know, using that power, and she has a bit of sort of celebrity status, uh, has a bill basically uh, puts down a couple of principles. I've got the bill here in my hand uh, that uh, nurses and others can perform abortions. You know, an osteopath can. Yeah, that's kind of... So, you know, currently it's doctors. So she wants that gone. So any uh, nurse uh, or midwife could perform an abortion. That's the first principle. The second principle is that denominational hospitals must provide both euthanasia and medical and surgical abortion. And, uh, you know, we heard about all the safeguards associated with uh, the euthanasia legislation and she would have been spouting the safeguards at the time. Uh, It was just a a very paper-thin veneer of her intention of coming down hard on the churches. Uh, So uh, basically she will deny denominational uh, hospitals like St Vincent's in Victoria the right as an institution to refuse uh, to conduct uh, euthanasia or abortion, and uh, she's going to drive that hard. This bill will be in the upper house, could be in the upper house in the next week or so, uh, and we do have a campaign online where people can write uh, to their upper house MPs on this. Uh, it's a very, very important issue, and you know it shows that, you know, I suppose it'll be a theme of our discussion today, that you know life is in focus, whether it's abortion or euthanasia. Uh, these things are in focus, and they are telltale signs of demonic activity, I, I would have to say, uh, and the um, you know the pet projects of the left uh, pushing abortion and euthanasia. We're seeing this happen in a big way across the country. 
part of it is a reaction to Roe versus Wade. It's like, you know, well, you know, in the light of that, uh, the, the Australian um, left want to get on the front foot with a number of initiatives uh, which they're pushing out. Uh, Fiona Patton's bill is dangerous. And, you know, of course, you must remember we have a Victorian election coming up. Um, and uh, if she's not re-elected, uh, no Christian would shed a tear. And I'd love to know your thoughts on the upcoming uh, Victorian election. I know that uh, there's been some very extreme uh, left-wing views in uh, in Victoria, uh, particularly over the last couple of years. What, what are your thoughts on the upcoming election? This election uh, is an interesting one in that Daniel Andrews holds, I think, an 18-seat 18 majority. Now, um, you know, I've been in Victoria recently. I'm, you know, I'm on the ground there regularly speaking to people. Um, it appears unlikely that he will lose power at this election. Uh, many are very happy that he locked them up and kept them safe from dying you know, in COVID. That's a, that's a perception many people, very many people have. And then, um, you know, the question is, well, has Matthew Guy presented uh, a viable alternative? And uh, maybe he has, but, you know, I don't know that he's presented an 18-seat viable alternative. So I think the real game... Uh, if I may be so bold, is going to be in the upper house. Uh, it's likely that Andrew's government will be returned, uh, but um, who controls the upper house, I think, is the main game. And so we are seeing, we have seen, Matt, some fantastic Christian people pre-selected for the Liberal Party in the upper house, um, more redeeming, very pro-life, secretary, I believe, of the uh, Victorian March for Life, um, she will be in the Western Metro along with Bernie Finn, recently expelled from the Liberal Party, will be running as DLP. They're both in Western Metro, Metropolitan Region. Uh, Renee Heath, uh, daughter of uh, Pastor Brian Heath in the Eastern Victoria, she'll be uh, worth um, supporting. And in the Southeastern Metro, there's Anne Marie Herman, another uh, Christian lady. So um, I think uh, if uh, the upper house can be a firewall uh, to Daniel Andrews' worst instincts, that will be good. And it may also have the impact of either Fiona Patton losing her upper house seat or being pushed to the margins, whereby her vote is no longer the critical one and she you know, is a, a cross-feature whose vote is not critical. So I think um, there'll be a big focus on the upper house. I have been speaking to Lyle Shelton this morning, Lyle, as everyone knows, uh, is the national director now of Family First, and he will be fielding candidates and um, you know looking to uh, support these good candidates that I've mentioned and uh, to uh, I suppose yeah push the case for these good Family First candidates. So I think that's where the focus will be. Uh, there's a bit of a dose of realism here, um, and yeah, that's where we are. It's about uh, stopping Daniel Andrews' worst instincts and. Uh, bills like, you know, uh, abortion um, and uh, euthanasia being forced on Christian hospitals. Mm. Well, certainly uh, one to be praying for, for the outcome of that election in Victoria. And, and, you know, I always pray that God will raise up the right people in the right places. And uh, really exciting to hear about Lyle Shelton uh, taking on the, the reins of Family First. It's, it's a bit of deja vu. Uh, I remember the, uh, Family First when it f- first launched many, many years ago and <laughs> Uh, yeah, good to see uh, the uh, the second coming of Family First. Let's uh, let's hope uh, they can certainly uh, have an influence in the nation. Now, turning our attention Absolutely. towards uh, the ACT and Northern Territory, 
uh, euthanasia. Uh, with, what's the latest with that? Well, the latest is that um, the, the legislation has passed the lower house, uh, the uh, legislation to allow the ACT in the Northern Territory to pass euthanasia laws. Now, um, there was an Andrews bill, uh, I think in about 1995, and that, that bill by Kevin Andrews, which became law, simply stated that the ACT in the Northern Territory do not have power to make laws in relation to euthanasia or, or to legalise euthanasia. Uh, there was an attempt to overturn that in 2018, uh, which was lost in the Senate, and uh, the, the bill uh, last week passed the lower house or the House of Representatives and will be before the Senate. So this is a, a really significant issue. Um, it's really quite sad that many um, otherwise credible MPs said, oh, this is not about euthanasia. It's about territories' rights. Um, but look, it's all about euthanasia because the bill they're repealing was all about euthanasia. Uh, so, uh, look, it'll be game on in the Senate and uh, Wendy Francis, our national director, uh, is working hard on the numbers in the Senate because uh, it's not clear. We certainly know there'll be uh, Labor MPs uh, voting against this, Labor senators. There'll be a, a lot of... It's a conscience vote. Uh, it's, the outcome uh, is stated to be very unclear and uh, we'll be doing a lot of work in that space uh, to prevent this bill passing because if the bill passes, there's no doubt the ACT will... Uh, legislate euthanasia within weeks of it passing. Uh, Northern Territory, not so clear. It could be a slower process. But mm. these, are, these are some of the challenges we face. Mm. Certainly uh, lots of challenges there. Um, we'll be uh, praying for Wendy and for favour uh, in those situations. Uh, and in, uh, in the ACT, uh, I understand uh, there are, you know, there's talks of, uh, of free abortions. What's the latest with that? Well, it's more than just a free abortion because... Um, what they're proposing is, look, if, if you incur out-of-pockets, you know, in order to get an abortion, we'll pay for that. So I think there's an amount of $4.6 million that the ACT government has set aside to, you know, make sure abortions are free in every respect. They're saying, look, you don't even need a Medicare, Medicare card. Um, if you want an abortion, we'll pay for it. If you've had to get a bus fare, you know, if you've had to uh, fly to Sydney to get it because the ACT couldn't provide it, we'll pay for that as well. So uh, this, again, is, a, is a, a, a reaction to Roe versus Wade and um, certainly we're making submissions to the Legislative Assembly who have an inquiry currently into abortion in the ACT uh, to um, just say all this nonsense about you know, the affordability of abortions uh, is a cover for um, basically pr the promotion of abortion and um, the destigmatising of the killing of babies. So we're, we're onto it, Matt. Mm, mm. Now, interesting, um, uh, yesterday at my church, uh, I had a, a US preacher and he made the comment, he said, I've, I've only just been back uh, in Australia for the first time in a while. And he said, I know that you've now got, uh, that you lost ScoMo. He's not your prime minister anymore. He said, but I'm here to tell you, we can't trust in politicians to change the world. We only need Jesus, you know. He said, just because you've got Albanese, things aren't going to be easy, but you need Jesus. <laughs> and it was, it was interesting hearing a, a US uh, evangelist perspective on what's happened in Australia. But obviously, since Albanese's uh, been in, um, there's been a whole bunch of uh, changes that have started coming in. One of them is that he's uh, backing the abortion pill distribution by midwives. Uh, what's the latest mm. on that? 
Oh, well, RU486, um, you know, it's the uh, two-tablet uh, way of killing a baby. Uh, it's very dangerous, uh, not only for the baby, but for the mother. Uh, and um, uh, he's saying, well, look, midwives should be able to distribute this. Currently, you've got to go and get it from a doctor. And, it's, you know, it's not straightforward as it shouldn't be straightforward. Uh, but he wants to be straightforward. Um, and I think, you know, what we're seeing with a- uh, Anthony Albanese is sort of a little bit like Joe Biden in the US. And he's like, oh, yeah, look, you know, anything that, that uh, promotes, uh, supports abortion, you know, he's on board with it. And so we see that kind of, so I'd call it a Joe Biden-esque approach to, um, look, you know, over slather, um, let's, let's uh, make sure abortion is uh, freely available. Um, and it's kind of a sad reflection that, you know, um, you know, killing babies is kind of progress uh, and killing older people is proje- progress. Uh, we know Albanese was very supportive of, uh, he is very supportive of euthanasia uh, in the territories. Uh, so these are, these are big concerns and it's just, you know, I think it's a wake-up call for us as Christians uh, knowing that, wow, okay, so the, you know, we're, we're, if we're in a game of political chess, you know, the, the pawns are unborn babies and this is, this is uh, how politics is played. It's very distressing. Mm, absolutely. And turning our attention towards the UK, uh, the UK National Health Service has shut down the 102-year-old Tavistock Clinic until recently thought to be the UK's premier psychiatric clinic. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. Well, probably one bit of this is one bit of definitely good news. Uh, we see a situation uh, whereby a clinic that uh, was the leading gender clinic uh, in England was closed down because uh, it was found, look, they're putting people on these hormone blockers and then there's just a, a you know, part of medicalisation. And the, uh, I think one of the major criticisms of the clinic was it wasn't addressing you know, other underlying issues. So if a child presented with you know, a number of mental issues and they're quite chaotic, uh, but you know, they raised the gender flag, well, actually, I'm, I think I'm actually a woman born in the wrong body, then, then that... Uh, stopped any other questioning or inquiry about what other comorbidities there were and just put them on the path of medicalisation. No questions asked. So that was found to be unsafe and um, uh, thankfully has led to the uh, closing down of this uh, particular clinic. Uh, Now, the question, I suppose, arises, well, what um, uh, what about these clinics in Australia? Because the pattern is is identical at these hospitals. And, you know, it's not fear-mongering to say that these clinics are growing. You know, the, uh, the people who run these gender clinics are saying that, um, look, there's just, you know, uh, they're bursting at the seams. This is what they're saying. And, um, uh, you know, they're saying, you know, we, we, we do the right thing, etc. Don't worry about uh, Tavistock closing down. We always do the right thing. So in a very sort of... Um, defensive mode um, uh, the apart from some uh, brave GPS uh, including a Queensland pediatrician Dylan Wilson um, most of them are most of the organizations the peak bodies are saying no nothing to see here um, there's not a problem but uh, for example you know Dylan Wilson uh, says that you know we must reconsider how we are treating children experiencing gender dysphoria uh, because as any pediatrician knows uh, these comorbidities, um, such as autism, uh, must be, you know, uh, addressed and treated uh, rather than say, okay, well, yeah, now that you've raised the gender flag, 
um, we're going to put you on hormone blockers. Uh, it's, it's inherently unsafe. And thank God, it is a, uh, a momentous thing that this clinic has been closed in UK, in the UK, and it does have real lessons for Australian practitioners. Well, certainly big news out of the UK, and I know that uh, there is an article at your website. If people would like to look into that further, they can go to acl.org.au. And all the topics we've covered today, I know you guys are uh, very good at uh, putting those on social media and uh, on your website as well. Uh, Dan, it's always uh, a privilege to catch up with you, mate. Thanks for the update this week. Uh, That's my pleasure, Matt. Thank you, and thank you to your listeners. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.